Mike's hot. All right. Dylan showed up yet? Hot Mike, hot Mike. Oh, hey, Dylan. How's it going? Uh, I, I think if you've been here for any part of the last five minutes, you've got a pretty good idea. I was not. Oh, fantastic. Well, then we'll have to tell you after we turn the mic <coughs> off, because I'm yeah. confident that this is not going to be something we discuss on oh, air. Oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, doing great, man. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah. Not winning any games of Snap. Me either. Like, discarded. Wow, go ahead. Are you live? Yeah, 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 we're live. Okay. It's fine. This card is the only thing that's working, and I don't like it. It's not working that often. Yeah, I don't enjoy discard. Like the amount of times I actually get the pieces to run Modok and then Hella under yeah. Invisible Woman is like almost non-existent right now. See, I may enjoy it if I had Hell or if I had Invisible Woman, but I don't have her yet. She's still sitting in my shop pin. Because collector's tokens are stupid. My 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 uh, discard. I, I don't have Hella, so I went a different route. Maybe that's your problem. You're waiting on a an extra card. Well, I also have Apocalypse and Dracula, so there's an option there. And I have Helicarrier. If I can get rid of it, that gets me a bunch of stuff. So I've got some options. It's just not. You have Swarm and Modoc and I have Swarm, I have Modoc, I have Lady Sif, I have Morbius, I have Colleen Wing. Like all the components of a discard deck. I don't have Colleen Wing. She's kind of important. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She's uh, important for that uh Wolverine swarm targeting, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Swordmaster is trash. Blade is trash. I fucking hate that. yeah, I don't use either of them. I only use Sif and Colleen Wing. Yeah, I, I got a minister. I got a Modoc deck off a, and this pains me to say it. KM Best. Yeah. It's a Sunspot, Iceman, Morbius, Wolverine, Swarm, Colleen Wing. But then the last line is a little different because it has starts off a storm, and then Lady Sif, Dracula, Modoc, Apocalypse, and Chavez. Colleen Wing's pretty important in there. Yeah. Um, you can't always have Altar of Death on your on your lanes. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's really only three discard cards in the deck. Colleen Wing, Sif, and Modoc. Very targeted. Yeah, I I had one. Uh, I had one that had that ran uh, stuff like um, Mystique and all that shit to capitalize, you know, like make more another Morbius, you know, kind of thing. But it really, I always had Mystique in my hand, and I didn't have something to copy. So I'm like, okay, this this card is in my hand more than it's in play. It gets discarded. It's getting removed from the deck. Just how it had to work. It's yeah, like, I I only run Mystique in my Modoc deck because I don't have Colleen Wing. Um, 
what is the other one? Uh, zero in my uh, my um, Zabu heavies one I told you about. Mm-hmm. Half the time I have him first turn and I don't want to play him because if I draw Zabu, I want to play Zabu. I don't want him to be wiped, you know. So I end up skipping turns with with zero in my hand. I okay. usually use him on turn uh, six yeah. or turn five. That's why he costs one. Or turn four or six, sorry. That's, that's the intention of him. Yeah, but his, he, he's his utility is meant to be a, dis, uh, a downside to his uh, stat line. He's a 1-3, but the next card you play is, is trash. Right. Yeah. I I bounce from deck to deck and I delete as many decks in a day that I than I make. Uh I don't think I've ever been up to twenty twenty decks because I've always I'm always deleting them. I think I have 19 yes. currently. But I regardless, I, have, uh, I don't think I have 10. That's not surprising. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's time wow. for the thing. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome to uh, Two Fools Rushing In. Uh, I'm Jeff Borkman. I'm a guy. I'm working on Strip 202. We also identify as a guy. I seen a meme today, or uh, I'm sorry, a YouTube short of a lady walking up to a deli counter, not a deli counter, a bakery counter. She says, I'm 30 years old, but I identify as 11-year-old. Can I have the free cookie? What? You know, you go in. Uh, the girls always wanted to go grocery shopping with Karen because when they went to Hawkins or Miller's, it's called now, when mom's shopping, you stop by the the baker counter and the kids get a free cutout cookie. Yeah. Never heard of this. Yeah. It's, it's, that's yeah, the way that our grocery store worked. I, I just assumed, you know, there was another one that did it, but yeah, but you have to be, you know, under a certain age, you can't be a 20 year old and get a free cookie. So it's just for the kids to keep them happy while mom's dragging them around the store. But, you know, the lady said, I'm 30, but I identify as 11-year-old. Can I have the free cookie? I thought that was pretty good. It's pretty interesting. You are not wrong. So, do you want to talk about your story first, or can I talk about my movie? Or Talk about your story. You- talk about your movie. Okay. My, so, uh, my story is... Uh, kind of a throwback okay so there's this movie on freebie right now it's called deus uh came out last year um it is a sci-fi movie primarily that also dabbles in uh religious iconography kind of heard by the name Yes, it is 
So I don't want to say it's a bad movie. I but watched it. Is. No, no. What it is, it's the perfect uh, example of an amazing story, an idea, and in premise that did not have the budget to get uh, an editor for the script. An editor, like a better editor for the film itself. Better actors. Like this, this movie did not need star power. Like it, it didn't need like Tom Cruise or some shit like that. Um, it has, uh, I can't remember the woman's name. Um, she was in pitch black. Okay. I haven't watched um, that in years. Right. Um, Claudia. Schaefer. Claudia Black. She was in Farscape, Pitch Black. Uh, she's voiceover in Uncharted. She spent a lot of stuff. She delivers a solid performance. If they could have just gotten actors on par with her it would have improved things. There were times where it felt like she was walking through a scene with poorly coded AI. <laughs> there's, there's some tough dialogue. It, it, not, not great acting. But the visual effects, I'm not going to lie, deserve an Oscar nomination. There are visual effects shots in that movie that made me, as someone who has watched and consumed more sci-fi than the average American, uh, these are jaw-dropping shots that I've never seen something like this in another film. And it just left me with this feeling of, God damn, if God, even if like Blumhouse or, or, you know, like the, not the A list production houses, maybe not even the top part of B production houses, like a solid middle B, B minus grade production house could have gotten behind this film it would have been one of the biggest films of the year. The premise is one day astronomers see this black fear orbiting Mars that we know for certain has never been there before. Shortly after the sphere shows up, it starts transmitting a signal to Earth. Now, this is... That's a bad time. Th this is, like, future, but not far future. Like, this movie probably... The premise of it would probably not work in our lifetime. But 
definitely within our children's lifetime at the, at the most, this could happen. So, you know, humanity does what humanity would do in that situation. And no, we send a mission to go see what's up with this sphere that is clearly not supposed to be there transmitting a signal to earth. The signal is a single word repeating and each time it repeats it's in a different language spoken on earth and the word is deus god whatever yahweh you know pick pick a word for capital g god or or you know deity and it it, it that's what it's transmitting so is it like looking for them looking for what the god is it paging god are you there god it's me sphere (laughs) that's that's not how anyone interprets it in the movie oh that's Um, why i'm like wait god lives here shit so i was supposed to pick up his mail we we send this ship to go investigate the sphere and people start freaking out and panicking and doing terrible things because it's, it's judgment day and I've been a terrible person though. I need to go. And how do you go? You go big. And there's, there's like the evil, uh, Whalen Corp kind of company fronting the project and all this. And like, it's it's a fantastic story. <clears throat> fantastic visual effects. Man, the acting in the script just fucking really hurt it. That sucks. I, I have never been so conflicted about a film. Honestly. Never really. No, not in the way that this conflicted me. I've, honestly, I've sat through some of your opinions. And, no, uh, me honestly, say. like this film. When I was done watching it, I was just left utterly conflicted. Are these movies you watch by yourself, or do you watch them with Athena? No, Athena watched this one with me. Well, I'd be curious what what did she think of the movie? That was, was she just like okay? Nope. Her, I, I believe her words were, "That was a movie." Okay. She watched it with me, and she humored me and, and whatnot. But that's that's not her kind of film. And I understand that. It probably sits in a, a weird subgenre of things that very few people would be okay watching because it touches on both theology and science fiction. Well, depending on your uh, starting point, they could be the same thing. Could be. 
but we're we're talking like practical on earth theology. Oh no. I mean it's it's much like you know, to primitive man, technology was magic. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, you know, it's the same thing. Right. No, not that that's not what this touches on. <laughs> this this touches on this this approaches it from we have become a spacefaring species capable of traveling to Mars on a crude vessel in a relatively short amount of time. And we're going there to investigate something that is just transmitting God. How, how long did it take them to get there? Uh, six months. Okay. So yeah, it wasn't, they, they, they at least, you know, did a Google search on that. Yeah, this was this was definitely like near future. Eighteen science. hours later, we're orbiting Mars. Right, right. Which I mean would not be faster than light travel, but it's you know still pretty goddamn fast. Eh, well, we'll we'll just uh, say yes. It takes place in a future that we haven't reached yet. Uh, there are times in our, uh, orbits where we're closer to Mars than we ever will be or light from the sun to the, to Mars only takes, I think it's 41 minutes. Maybe not even that long. Takes eight minutes to get to us. Yeah. Mars is still inside the meteor belt, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. It is. It, it would take 12 minutes for okay. light light to reach Mars from the sun. So yeah, we're it's not FTL travel or anything like that. But I mean, you know, a crewed mission to Mars, you're still, you know, you with today's technology, you're still probably talking close to an hour or close to a year. We're just not. Well, I think in the, the movie, the Martian with, a, yep. I think it took them was, it was a nine month trip, right? Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, a nine month trip is still cooking pretty good. Yeah. You slingshot around Mars to get a little kick and, and you're, you're jetting, but yeah, but yeah, it, uh, of the movies I watched in the past week, God, I just, I want someone else to watch it just so that I can have a conversation with them about the film. Yeah, you have more patience than me. I don't know if I could sit through something like that. If it if it disappointed you that much, I it, probably won't get far enough into it. I like you just have to go into it understanding that this is not a big budget film. This does not have like the world's greatest directing and script writing team behind it. It's not as bad as a sci-fi movie. It has literally some of the best visual effects that you'll see. Oh, visual effects. Okay. 
Yeah. Like there is a shot from space where you see their their spaceship, the sphere, Mars behind it, and this beam of light that is leaving the sphere in like enveloping the the ship. And it is truly one of the most beautiful shots I've seen in a film. So somebody spent some time in Photoshop. Yeah. yeah. Or After Effects or whatever, whatever the fuck they're using. Whatever they used. They used it. They knew how to use it. And it, they, did, they did a fantastic job. Not to belittle that effort, but uh, I would imagine uh, special effects in a in a vacuum where you don't have it need really any perspective, but on the objects you're illustrating would be a little easier than special yeah, effects absolutely. of, of well, people bodies moving or, or even like cars and stuff moving around on a one of the things with perspective and depth and light and all that. Shit. Yes. The, the perspective in, in that kind of stuff is definitely easier with a, a film set in space with a shot from space. One of the things that a lot of sci-fi and even Marvel's guilty of this, when you, when you start doing um, space shots, everybody gets enamored with nebulas and this amazing. It's because they want to show something other than a black field. Right. That's not what space looks like most of the time. And this, that, that being that close to nebulas would be volatile. Those are just fucking gas. Unknown gases. Yeah. Yeah. They they really the things that they got right, they did amazing. The things they got wrong were pretty hard to to overlook. But the the ideas put forth in the in the story and the visual effects are conversation worthy. Well, I'm currently without something to really watch, so are you not watching The Last of Us? I am, but that's an hour out of the week, dude. Okay. I finished Fox Machina season two, which was fun as hell. I need to start that. It was great. Uh, the they really. Uh, I'm sorry. Are you? Are you? I didn't want to cut you off before you're finished about your movie. No, that's good. You're fine. Um, they really up the the first one, the first season, very well animated. But if you watch it, there's a lot of static people in the background and like one or two people moving in the front. Right. You know, a lot of simplified animation. You know, this one, this this season. There's a lot more depth to it. They they have background animators, and you know, the, there's people moving around in the background. There's there's objects, you know, moving around in a back in the background. The action sequences uh, are more on a uh, 
they they the camera moves while the action's being taking place. Okay. You know, you know, the opening sequence where they're introducing all the characters, the the title sequence, and yeah. like Pike and uh, Pike and uh, Grog come bursting through that uh, dragon's head. You know, and that that one part of it, mm-hmm. which is I think the coolest part of the of the, <laughs> of the opening sequence, but the animation looks more akin to that. Okay, it's it's a little more action packed. Cool, and it. Uh, you know, it's the Chroma Conclave. We know that, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. It doesn't go through the entire... Yeah, it is not resolved by the end of the season. No. That's amazing. Yeah, they... Uh, I'm not going to spoil it to tell you where it stops. Okay. But in watching it... It's pretty cool. Knowing I... that this is the last episode, you'll know where it's going to stop. So, but uh, Grog has his confrontation. Sweet. They really changed, they changed a lot. Uh, Because if I remember correctly, they had an immovable rod like they found somewhere. Yes, they Uh, had one. That thing that they use, Mm -hmm. it isn't an immovable rod. It's something like that. Okay. They actually acquire it in the show. Oh, okay. So you get to see its origin. Oh, that's um, awesome. But they also tie it to another important story beat from the role-playing. So that's cool. Um, Grog's Cursed Sword plays a bit, pretty big part of it. Yeah, that's like half the season. And, and the resolution of that thing's effect is completely different. And it actually... All, uh, ties into an earlier scene in season two, which is fucking great. Nice. But yeah. Uh, I think Grog definitely got the, the, the meat of the character uh, time in this season. I would argue that it was split between oh, Grog and the twins. That's true. The first half of the first half of the season, there was a lot of twin action. I mean, they, but they, when the party gets split. Yeah. Everybody has, I mean, there, there's even Scanlan growth. Like there was, a lot happens. It, it, there's a lot of Scanlan, Scanlaning, <laughs> if I can use him as a verb. Yeah, yes. uh, but there, there that, is also by the end of the season some growth. True, like actual, true. Actual character development. There was during that arc. Yeah. That's okay. exciting. I've not that, watched it's, Campaign it's, 1, so this is all new to me. Campaign? Uh, Go ahead. It's quality. It's quality show. It, they, they're doing a great job. And if, uh, you know, I know there's a huge contract they have with uh, with Amazon, so these are going to keep coming. So yeah. There'll be Mighty 9 and... Uh, I, I don't know if Mighty 9 will live up to the the... Magistry of Vox Machina. I mean, they fought fucking gods. You would dispute Lucian was a god in the end. Um, yeah, I think compared compared to Vecna, I think Vox Machina is a different story to be told. 
Vox it, Machina is more about personal loss, personal relationships. You uh, have that with Caleb a lot too. And uh Bo with her family and I I think yeah. there's you've got a couple solid arcs though that would make I, I think decent decent seasons yeah. out of uh Oh, I'm I'm not arguing, but uh, just some of uh, Vox Machina is just a a more intimate look at characters as opposed to a world-saving adventure. And and I think the thing that Vox Machina is going to have against or in favor of it versus mighty nine mighty nine we start with them at level one and there's a kind of an introduction uh period with with that story depending on what what story they're telling um i was saying vox machina we come in they're already established yeah i was saying assholes mighty nine mighty nine is a more character-driven thing instead of world-saving thing. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've yeah. got you've got the arc. Uh, you've got the arc that leads up to uh, TravelerCon, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, uh, I mean, you, remember, you remember in uh, Vox Machina, Chad, when they went to find the uh, vestige, the bow, and they went into the Fey Realm? Yeah. You remember who they met, right? Absolutely. And how he uh, relates to, say, uh, yes, Jester. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, I got so they, excited they, over they, that. They give him a nod. So, yeah, he's there. The, the, the boy could not understand why I was so happy. And it just happened that. Uh, yeah. We why watched, that monkey turned into a man. It just it just so happened that while we were watching that episode, I was wearing my critical role sweatshirt. So I was like, no, dude, it's 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 because of this. Did uh, did they have jokes about the theater? The theater. He hates the theater. Who? Oh, the uh, person that we're talking about that's in season one that relates to Jester. Season two, you mean? No, he's in season one. The Traveler. I yes. forget his name. It begins with an A. But yes. no, I, he, um, he might have said something about it. He mostly fucks with them. Yes. He, and he, he, he tries to lead He tries to lead them through the Fey Realm and help them. But mm-hmm. he mostly just kind of fucks with them. That's, that's what he does. But... They're, I, they they left out any like super depth uh, with him. They, it was ah. more of a uh, for the people who know a dangling carrot kind of kind of. Mm-hmm. Here's here's a piece of candy for those people who yeah, it was absolutely who know there's no there's candy in this pocket. Because there it's it's not just like a throwaway gag. There well it's kind of a throwaway gag, but it wasn't like a one off thing. He Artagon. That's it. Fucking hates theater. Uh, Hmm. I don't think that ever came up. Like it's, it's a fucking thing. 
That's why there was a couple of moments kind of breaking character during Mighty Nine where they they kind of joked about the theater once they realized that the Traveler was Artagnan. Yeah, I don't I don't remember that from Fox Machina, so. Ah, yes. I'm getting into the part part I mean, they're going to get into the part of the story after after this season that I did not listen to the podcast. I I had stopped listening to uh uh campaign 1 because campaign 2 had started. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to basically just stay current with that. Yeah. And I never, I, never went back because a, I, to go back is to try to figure out where you left off and where you left off is half the battle because it's also what happened before that, that I don't remember kind of shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, campaign one starts out like you told me going into it kind of rough. Yeah, they're definitely learning how to play yes. on on mic. But and Warren kind of makes everything difficult. Yeah. I will say once they kinda got their sea legs and Oren left. And um, the mics the mics got better. Yeah. I think campaign one Chroma Conclave through Vecna is some of the best storytelling in a fantasy setting I've seen. I don't know. I got some shit cooked up for you tonight. That's good because I don't know where we left off. I don't. Are remember. you guys are, are are you guys at all into campaign three? Uh, I'm I'm waiting. I'm for so someone. far behind. I'm in the twenties. Oh man, I, I am current, and holy fuck, it is batshit crazy. I, so they arrived in the swamp town to do the heist test security thing. Oh my God. That, that there was That's forever ago. I, I remember that. I, okay. So I, I remember that and I have remembered that that actually came up as a conversation point between characters, uh, not in the most recent episode, but the one before it. Okay, so I have gotten to that the week when a character died. Okay, in, and I remember you were pissed because uh, you you somehow got spoiled on it. Yes, Technically, I, it wasn't one character. It doesn't matter. That character is not coming back. I just don't give a fuck anymore. Everybody's. What character's not coming back? Laudna? Yeah. Um, no, that's not the case. Yeah, no. Uh, you clearly do not understand what happened. Uh, she is still a prime player. I was told that she is dead and dead. Uh, she was dead and dead, and it was a fucking ordeal for them to get her back. Okay, well then then I will, I will begin watching again. You absolutely should, because I'm not kidding. It like, it's, it's an absolute ordeal. Like they have to go into this sort of subconscious, uh, nightmare world in her head and deal with, uh, uh, oh my God, 
uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, Lady Briarwood? Thank you. Briarwood, yeah. They have to deal with her. They have to go okay. inside her head and deal with her fucking warlock patron. Okay. And then afterwards, uh, afterwards she gets the best companion. Okay. Then don't spoil anymore. Okay. I will. Because when I realized, since we're just going to talk spoilery openly about it, sorry, people. It's um, weeks gone by. Yeah, it's I fine. Mean, they're, they're up to episode 50, man. Like, okay. Well, 50 is next week. And it's, when I, it promises to be a big deal. When it, when it smacked me in the face that Laudna was the little girl in the tree made up to look like one of Vox Machina. That kind of solidified that character for me as this, this is the best character of campaign three. Uh, okay. Then yeah, you are going to like the ordeal that they go through because, and it, I, I would it, argue fawn is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you, you are going to love the, uh, the ordeal that they go through to get her back and the, uh, I'll call it minor call back to campaign one. Okay. I'm understating it a lot. Uh, you're, you're going to enjoy it. What are your thoughts on pate? Why? It's curious. It's Pate the food or Pate the NPC? Pat, Pate the Pate dead her, rat. Pate her dead rat puppet. Okay. Um, Her dead rat puppet companion. I'm just curious. Yes. Yes. Pate the NPC. Um, well, it's an NPC. It, it, it's less an NPC because she has control over him. Yeah, he's dead, though. Yeah. I mean, it's a dead rat. Right. Um, I mean, I thought it was a cute, but he's horny thing. I thought it, I thought it was cute that she had a dead rat that, you know. Okay. Then, then please, please start watching again because okay. I want to, I, I want to talk to you about some shit that happens. Okay. And I don't want to spoil just, it for you. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't hate the other characters in campaign three. I don't. But a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I, I, like, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm a Kanye here. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but a couple weeks ago. That's my job. Yeah, I know. But they absolutely did something that we would do in a campaign. They're in the, and it's, uh, uh, this is not spoilery to like the story of what's going on in the campaign. It's just spoilery to the specific episode. They're in this hidden basement room. And then people come in looking for the folks that are supposed to be living there. And uh, you've made it, you've made it well past the introduction of Chetney. Yep. Okay. His, his solution is let's make a porno. Let's, let's act like we're making a porno. Okay. And that's what they fucking do. Oh, okay. Like they, 
Like when the bad Do guys they have film. With the no, I mean, but when the bad guy like it's fucking so bizarre, guys. Like when the bad guys, like when the opposition finally busts in, like people are people have their clothes off. Uh, uh, Chetney's gone werewolf because that was what was needed for the quote scene, and like they totally leaned into that's what they were doing. They were down in the in the in the basement doing sex worker stuff. Okay. And I, and the, the whole time through that, like, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, but the whole time through, it's like, yeah, we'd do that. We'd totally do that. Like, I know the party composition, uh, like, in Asmodendax. They would totally do that. <clears throat> well, in... It's not that far off from an infomercial is all I'm saying. We would do an infomercial. They've already <laughs> stolen from us before. Yeah. So are you saying we return the favor? No, 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 I don't think we need to start no, we a porno, don't, we but don't need, we don't need I can to. see why uh, something, why they would get a taste for something bizarre like that, because uh, they saw we made shit like that work. <laughs> yes. We made selling a short sword and a torch to Ettens to trade their teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You did. Well, okay. You... So you you stopped listening at at some point. Did you even make it to the point where Laudna goes down? No. Like in the porno? No. Well, no. Uh she's back by There's that point. There's still one, folks. <laughs> well done, <laughs> sir. <laughs> no, I Okay. I would I listened to the episode where they got to the the swampy town to do the things the next day the new episode came out i made it like a day before someone ended up spoiling hey laudna dies and i'm like oh well that sucks and then like a week later they're like nope she's like gone gone and i'm like well that was the thing though she was gone gone like she, but, okay. she the players didn't give up on her, basically. Yeah, no, uh, she was absolutely gone, gone, uh, because a choice had to be made in the moment, and only one person could be saved. Okay. Like, well, it, I still disagree with that. The way way they played it out. Yeah, I don't. I. Uh, I a, uh, yeah. Somebody could move and cast a spell. I don't know why somebody didn't move. Yeah, it was. I. It's fucking weird and maddening, and it it shook out. It was the way almost. It, it it made me question whether or not it was. Uh, it shook out the way planned to happen this way. Hey, uh, when you hit episode forty nine, if you're not there, you're gonna think the same thing. That was it. Was it planned out that they would end the way they did? Okay. Uh, I know when I run games, all I do is plan one, one or two scenes, and yeah, you guys fill in the like, blank. Have you made it far enough that anyone is talking about the Apogee Solstice? Just at Me? all? Yeah, just at no. all. Okay. I think I'm like two or three episodes after Robbie left. Oh yeah. There's a lot of good stuff. 
Yeah, I, I think Fawn was my favorite character just because she was so Fern. innocently homicidal. Fern? Fern, yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, the Fawn. Oh, my God. So, it, 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 like, this isn't, like, hugely spoilery, but, like, her proclivity for, like, stealing shit, she eventually, yeah. she eventually takes a level of rogue. That, that, that tracks. Yeah. Right. That, and it absolutely makes sense for her character, but then it comes back to be a huge pain in the ass because that affects the number of levels she has in Druid, so it affects what she can shape change into. I had thought about dual-classing Bug because it kind of made sense, but I'm like, yeah, but then I won't be able to have the change There's my constellation at will. Yeah, because yeah, they're, they're, like, they're trying to make tactical plans and incorporate what she can shape change into. And it's like, cool, you can shape change into something that can fly. And she's like, no, I can't because I multiclassed into Rogue. <laughs> and it becomes this huge pain in the ass situation because what could have been a whole lot easier ended up becoming way harder. You play the character you have, not, yeah. not not the skill you think they should have. Exactly, but uh, no, uh, I Laudna comes back. Okay, but it is it is absolutely a journey for them to get her back. It's it's basically there was a new adventure and it was to get her back. Yeah, like it, it, like the campaign proper comes to essentially a dead halt because they're like, no, we're getting her back. Okay. And it's, I don't know, four or five weeks, maybe like it, it is, it is not an immediate thing. Like they have to, they have to travel to a couple different locations and talk to a couple different people. There's maybe some transcontinental travel involved to get some shit done. Like it, it is an absolute ordeal for them to get, uh, to get her back. I will, I will try it again then. Plus, uh, you've missed out on them on Sam uh, on uh, Sam's continued efforts to make uh, Exandria a flat planet. Uh, okay. Like canonically, yeah. like he just keeps bringing it up every year, uh, like every the week. flat Earth. Yes, like the the like he's he's just like yeah, because you know we'll get pushed off the edge. Like he just keeps bringing it up every every week to try and make it canon. Other people are on board with this, and the only person who's not and who gets real upset about it is Matt. Okay, well, now now you're kind of ruining me wanting to to watch again because. I fucking hate FCG. Like, Why? I I can't stand the character. Okay. I think my least favorite character was Austin. Ashton. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, so then I I will say this: there is a significant amount of uh, of character growth, re revelation, development. With the both of them, that makes them, uh, at the very least, a bit more interesting. 
I don't know if it'll get them get get him out of the you hate him category, but there are layers to FCG that come out as the story goes on. Okay. Like I it it felt like just Sam trying to troll. Uh, uh oh, that's that's all he is that's, in that's most every week. campaign. That is absolutely every week. Like, I felt that, you know, Scanlan was trolly, but there was something interesting to Scanlan. Um, there is definitely a lot interesting to not flash map. I just, so far, FCG just feels... You haven't hit any of the big backstory reveals. Okay. Smiley day. There are uh, there are a couple of backstory reveals and something else that happens, and it's a whole lot of what the fuck. Okay. I I don't know if I've ever disliked a character on Critical Role as much as I dislike FCG. guest characters included. and just uh at like where they are at this point in campaign three like i have a a different sort of love for each of the characters because there have been different story beats that have been revealed about each of them over over time that have uh created some level of endearment except for chetney he he hasn't really revealed much of his backstory but he's like a huge asshole and i just love that He's a cranky old man. Well, Travis is my favorite player, so there you go. I am stunned that you would find the cranky old man to be enjoyable. Just absolutely stunned. I I know. That would be a flooring sort of a situation, but yeah. Uh, All right. I think we've probably sucked off Critical Role enough. Okay. What are we going to suck off next? Uh, Don't. No, you don't want to say that. (laughs) Uh, because that article I wanted to talk about, the thing I wanted to talk about. So uh, I came across this meme, and I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm going to send you guys in the group chat the meme, uh, because I saved it and did not send it. So uh, this meme comes through uh, two days ago, whenever I sent the, hey, I got something to talk about. Maybe it was yesterday. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I did. Oh my god, that's awesome! I well, and right, and the, the inclusion of the emperor is what made it perfect. <laughs> Consider, yeah, unnatural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities. Some consider to be unnatural was what it was, uh, and I was like. Eh, I know how people sometimes will cobble things together and falsify headlines to make a meme funny. So I did some fact-checking, and as it happens, uh, the article title that's referenced totally happened. It's just not a current article. Because this happened way back in 2013. Uh I got a dude. I got dude's name. I got his picture. Oh my god, he's got such a chiseled jaw. Mm. 
like i like if i was if i was more into into dudes than i am i would not uh i would you know i'd leave the lights on for this guy uh so <laughs> uh a man uh this was in oregon uh here we go i i'm just gonna go with the article from huff post uh I'm not going to read the title because it just gives away way too much. Uh, so a man who was allegedly high on meth, and this uh, is from uh, December 30th, 2013. A man who was allegedly high on meth reportedly fought off a, more than a dozen police officers while publicly masturbating. Uh, Andrew Frey, 37, apparently made a series of outbursts and then began masturbating in an Oregon restaurant. Incredibly, police were reportedly unable to subdue him with a taser. It took 15 officers to finally take him into custody and stop him from pleasuring himself. Frey later told, uh, reportedly told authorities that he took amphetamines and couldn't remember the obscene incident. Uh, according to the sheriff's office, he was treated at a local hospital, booked into county jail on charges of public indecency, theft of services, and resisting arrest. And the part that most impressed me is that this dude, because he's got one hand full, is fighting off 15 cops one-handed. Full? full? Really? Well, I mean, it's... It's uh, it's it's occupied. It's occupied, at the very least. Uh, is that this dude was able to, like, single-handedly keep 15 cops away from him for some quantity of time while he was yanking it. And that... I don't know. That spoke to me on a deep, uh, on a uh, on a deep uh, congratulations on your brisk walk uh, level. That's not surprising. I know the the appreciation that you have for it. It is surprising that he was able to accomplish such a feat. I, um, my only disappointment is that he wasn't able to finish. Because really, well, that, that would have been that would have level, uh, up the level of assault, I think. I, and it would have I think that would have been like just that little bit extra that the article would have needed. Really would have really would have brought it home. I who. I'm, I personally am glad he was unable to. As, as any reasonable person should be. I recognize I, that my, my want is completely unreasonable and uh, kind of not okay. And by kind of, I mean a lot. Okay. Like, I, I get that. I get that that would be not an okay thing. And it's a family restaurant, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, all the same, the dark part of me is just like, oh, he couldn't finish. That's unfortunate. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know what his masturbation habits were like. You know, based on the recent archaeological discoveries that they made... I'm going to assume probably uh, including aid 
I I would believe that they. I mean, he was. He sounds like he was a popular dude. Yes, uh, but and I mean, it, 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 this this was another thing that came from a meme. But it truly was a miracle that he was able to have you know twelve friends that could do something in his thirties. That's true. That's true. Did you? see the recent archaeological find that they originally thought was just a good luck charm? Uh, I have not. So, originally they found what looked like a phallus-shaped good luck charm. What plug? <clears throat> uh, no, no, a Roman-era dildo. Hell yeah. Well, isn't it the, uh, in Rome, they had the uh, little symbols on the curb to basically direct you to the brothels. Yes. Like little penises t uh, carved into the curb. Uh, like, the I, brothel I is this way. I don't know if that was specifically the time or not, but I mean, that, that was also kind of contemporary to uh, the prostitutes advertising their brothel in their footprints. Yes. Yes. Because that like was the soles of their shoes. Yes. The yes. soles of the soles of their shoes in the dirt would leave essentially an ad for the brothel that they worked at. So you don't have to trouble the young lady. If you see her in the street while you're walking with your wife, yeah, you, you just look just down, you see, see Eat it, you just see you Eat it. see where to find her later. Yeah, you look down, you see Eat It Joe's, you know where you're going to go. You know where you're going to go. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's, you know, the Romans did a lot of things right. <laughs> and then they yeah. did a lot of things that you're like, what the fuck? Roads. Like roads? Absolutely right. Yeah. Roman roads still going still strong exist today. Still, yeah, some of the best. Roman concrete still surviving thousands of years later. I mean, at least they finally figured out it was seawater that was what made it so amazing. Yes, yes. Which leads me to question, like, Nobody thought to try that. I, I think, think the difference I, was they didn't know what it was happening because it was all happening after it was already built. So, like, nobody yeah. knew the seawater and the lime were mixing to create a better paste after the fact because it was already placed. And and I, I, if I remember correctly, uh, like any of the old recipes just said water. Like it, yes, it didn't specify seawater because I think the assumption was just that that's what you were going to use, right? Because it's what was available. Mm -hmm. And you would obviously use that over drinking water, correct? Because drinking water, <laughs> yeah. At a time when water was at a premium to ingest. <clears throat> Why would you think <laughs> to waste it? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they built a huge structure just to bring it from the mountains to the city, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, the aqueducts. But they made yeah, this, that, was, that, and they, that and they made all the, the when you put it that, uh, yeah when you put it that way it's like well yeah why would they waste the drinking water they're painstakingly moving right and and you know how much concrete went into the aqueducts that they made because it's not like right. they were making this out of metal pipes so they were already using the seawater to get the fresh water to town yep yep. And the modern world was too fucking stupid for so long to realize it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I we talked about this on the show, right? Oh, yeah. Where, we, we, we have absolutely yeah. talked about Roman concrete before. Yeah. Well, we talked about the fact that, well, of course, we, we didn't think about it. Like, if you look at recipes, you know, now, like, if we move them into the future... You know, are people going to be able to decode what we were talking about with our shorthand of, you know, we don't, we don't specify a lot of things that. Yeah, it's, it's all situational context that only applies kind of in the era. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I think now we've moved into history, so uh, this is yet another. Well, this geek podcast talks about a lot of shit. Yeah, I mean, this is another. We used to talk about prostitutes all the time, and now we talk yeah. about them from an intellectual perspective <laughs> and <laughs> historical context. Yeah, yeah. So I does that mean we're talking highbrow hookers? I mean, we're I pro we, just we, just historical hookers. Well, I, either way, as a show, we have always been pro sex worker. Yes, I'm uh, pro worker. I don't care what they do. Okay, you're you're in the all jobs matter camp. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I watched Chern Chernobyl. Uh, this this week, the documentary. No, the HBO series. Oh, okay. it's supposed to be pretty good. It was Enjoyed. sickening. I mean, not a not an easy watch, but it's supposed to be pretty good. <laughs> it is. It is really good, and I the um, I'd say ten fifteen minutes at the end of it where they kind of explain some of the the details and like one of the characters was created to represent a whole slew of scientists that worked with the main guy right they just boiled it down to one person in the in the uh, in the show but uh they don't even know how many people died Oops. fighting you know the 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 fire the the explosion trying to clean it up later the best estimates are somewhere between 9,000 and 750,000. Yep. And Russian uh, accounts uh, for deaths during the Chernobyl meltdown is still to this day 31. Yep. People died. Yep. Sounds about right. It's just kind of gross. I mean, granted, it's easy for 
us bias uh americans to look at this and say monsters you know but uh we're not biased in the least yeah well you know evil russians you know lie to their people all this all this crap you know but we're doing it right now we're we're, that's where we're headed corporate i mean it's either the communist party or the extremely wealthy who own everything it's the same beast i mean look at look at the fucking disaster of east palestine and oh my god every day is another fucking fresh hell nightmare about that shit but it's perfectly safe yeah 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 all those school children just magically got the same fucking skin illness at the same time um what's the what was like the last two days worth of stuff um skin illness and yeah the there's like a a, just a rash of chemical burn like uh mostly external dermal dermatological issues that are showing up and are present uh but there's also some uh internal uh ingestion looking uh problems that have cropped up uh they have now found that two of these smaller uh tributaries that feed the ohio river that went through east palestine are just fucking ruined like there's they're they are assuming that there is no wildlife alive in these waterways anymore based on what they can tell like they knew that there was a ton of dead fish but it's looking like a complete loss of ecological systems yeah that gets in the ohio rivers and then big ass catfish yeah they'll probably still make it yeah yeah the catfish will make it which you know whatever you won't want to eat them cockroaches of the sea or or the river you know you you wouldn't want to eat them but like there is a lot of freshwater fishing that is done on the ohio river and then the ohio river feeds into the mississippi and i mean this is a lot of people get their water from the ohio river yeah yeah uh several cities have shut off access to the ohio river water uh because of what's going on but you know it's okay it's safe go home there's a thousand dollar inconvenience fee well isn't there i i saw something in the news and i i shamefully uh just zipped past it uh because i didn't have time i was at work and i just kind of saw it on the corner of my eye was there another train accident there's been three a second four. one okay Multiples. and what what's what's the deal i thought we mastered trains back in you know 18 something um okay so it's kind of twofold what's going on uh number one railroads are not 
governed as a public like roadway. You okay. don't have you don't have quite the same level of restrictions with rail transit as you do with freight trucks. As to what you can put on it or how you yeah. have to maintain it and I mean what, what are we all talking of, about here? All of all of that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the train that derailed, despite the fact that it had multiple cars that were carrying highly hazardous materials, because it was less than X percent of the total train, it did mm -hmm. not have to be classified as a hazardous train, uh, which means that it was not required to have the updated electronic systems to govern the pneumatic braking. It still had the same train brakes that we've had in place for a hundred plus years. Which, when you're in, uh, well, I think, that, I think this was stated with the whole capitalist thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, they're not going to spend money on no things they don't deserve deem important, right? Unless I mean, there's a regulation to tell them they have to, right? Regulations kill business. Yeah. Um, but protect people. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, we're, we're talking about brakes on a train that were developed, you know, during the great rail expansion, expansion of the 19th century when a train was, you know, what capping out at 30 to 50 cars. The train that de derailed was almost two miles long. And it had the pneumatic braking system where this train's brakes don't engage until the coupling between the two cars reaches a certain thing and that presses the, the brake in for the, the car. Which is fine if you're, you know, carrying lumber or some shit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not fine when you're carrying. <clears throat> it's not very a, proactive. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know weight wise what my company uses versus, you know, a chemical like this, but I know how much our cars weigh for the things that we buy. Um, that's fucking heavy. Like, so you think two miles long. Well, it's almost two miles long. It's like just over, it's like 9,500 feet long is how long this train was. 18,000 tons is what this train was purported to weigh. And each car isn't going to stop until it essentially has a mini accident with the car in front of it. Because, you know, those couplers don't sit flush with each other. They, they sit flush while the car is moving forward because the car, you know, the, the, the force of the train moving forward puts it in that position. But then you have travel time between those two cars where, you know, it, it has to slow down and then that car's coupler 
moves away from the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the separate and then the brake engages and that has to happen at every car. Um, and it's basically transferring the kinetic force that caused the crash backwards through the line of cars rather than halting. Right. It. Right. And when that, you know, that happens and then the brakes engage and blah, blah, blah. Well, the way the hazardous material trains work, they have to have an electronic system that starts the braking. It's not instantaneous all the way back, but it is faster than this old pneumatic pressure sensitive way of, of braking. Now to do this, to, to upgrade a rail car from this old system to the new system is about $15,000 per rail car. When you look at a train that's 9,000 cars long and it doesn't matter if, you know, if the train is half hazardous and half not because it's, if it falls under that hazardous category, every car on that train has to have this system. So, you know, that, that starts to pile up like, yeah, rail cars are long, but well, it's a, it's an infrastructure kind of uh, yeah deal. Because they didn't maintain this, you know, technology, well, they they're now they're now they're suffering with. Oh, it, it's not up to code and uh, it's not safe, but uh, it's too expensive to fix. We have to just keep going the way we are. Yeah, yeah, no, no, don't don't do this thing where you're going to make us have to spend money. Like we'll just you know put less hazardous stuff on the on the train so that you know. We don't have to do that. I wonder how many of those cars on that train were empty just to up just to up the percentage so that it is not so the hazardous is less than one percent. You know what I mean? They they wouldn't be empty. They would just be transporting something that's not hazardous. You you would never like unless you're returning a rail car. You ain't shipping something empty. Like that's that's a good way to lose money there. So it it just yeah. And in I guarantee you the the number of deaths that we end up reporting out of this whole thing is going to be grossly underreported. Though I am, if for the first time in my life, I'm actually really happy to see the ambulance chasers doing their thing. Those, those yeah, crazy the railway should be buying them a whole new town. Yeah. And then having to pay to filter all the water in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, how's uh, Flint, Michigan doing? <laughs> that's that's not a doing fine. We've all forgotten about it. Yeah, yeah. we've moved on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so drag on if it's, if it's if it's not solved quickly enough, public outcry disappears. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. 
it's Flint is <sighs> no, just just uh, I mean not to be a downer there, but uh, no, no, you're you're that's realism, right? I mean, that's that's where we are. Hmm? Nothing's Why? important. Everything's sacrificable as long as it gets. As long as it pays. Yeah. Though I did read this amazing conspiracy theory the other day that, that kind of ties into this. The conspiracy theory is there was a pop star during the Bush the second administration who was a brainwashed CIA flunky who would have a headline grabbing episode whenever they needed to take attention away from something bad happening during the Bush administration. Ready Spears? Yes. Hmm. Is Kanye that one now? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Cycle, like his aren't really overlapping anything that I think is important. Yeah, like it. Like I was like, no, that's that's weird. And then they start laying out like when Britney married the dude, and when Britney did this and that and the shaved head thing and all this. Like it is within week time frame of something terrible happening in politics. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, is this like, I'm not saying I'm buying into the conspiracy theory, but there is, there's enough there that I'm like, really that I can see how they made that assumption or that, that theory, like there's, there's something to this. I heard someone vibrate. There. That's that's a that's basically saying that Britney was crazy for you know money so, on so, purpose. No, she was brainwashed. Her dad was her handler. That's why she ended up in the conservatorship that she was in was because the the things that they had done to put her in this state to be a a, a sleeper agent, so to speak, had just fucked up her brain. So what's the connection between her dad and Bush? Uh, or the administration or whoever is orchestrating? I, I don't know that. Okay. Like, I, I, I this is where conspiracy theories fall on their Yeah, on their I, did, yeah. I did not. Just think. Offered him money is usually the explanation. Yeah. But it was one of those things where I'm reading this and I'm like, son of a bitch, like of all the harebrained conspiracy theories I've read, this is not as harebrained as what you would think. They're of. getting, they're getting better. <laughs> they're, 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 I mean, they're coming up with better crazies. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's at least enough there that it makes you say, wow, that, Kind of plausible. Still don't have enough evidence to prove your point, but 
okay, tell me more. I'll listen. It's a, it's a fun thought experiment. Oh, are we, are we really running out of steam? I'm not running out of steam. I, well, I mean, it was just a long silence. I mean, I'm catching our breath. Train joke. I could have you all go to YouTube and pull up a song to listen to so that I can talk about uh, what I've come to realize about myself and music. How about um, you just talk about it and pretend we did? Okay. Uh, I actually, bef before you start, uh, Karen was, uh, I was in the car with Karen. We were going down to pick up Fiend's car at the dealership. Uh, it had repairs. But, um, she was listening to country music and it, it reminded me of a conversation I was having at work where I said, you know, Karen listens to country music. And I tell you for the life of me, I've never compelled to tap my foot, hum along or anything. It just doesn't do it for me. And she's like, well, you don't like music. If you like music, you like all music. And I'm like, I don't know. Chad loves music and I don't think he likes country music. Not modern country. No. So there you no. go. So just, just the stuff by Chris Gaines. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Just this. That's, that's Garth Brooks alter ego, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Just made sure I was thinking of the right thing there. Honestly, I'm just always looking for a reference uh, for an opportunity to reference Chris Gaines. Okay. That's uh sure. that. That is absolutely a, a quirk over the past couple of years. I have tried to bring him up in every conversation I possibly can. Okay. Why? Because it's, it was a fucking awful business decision. And perform like it was a like it was an artistic decision that was terrible, yeah. with music that was awful. Uh, like it, it just everything around that was just an awful like just. Who fucking made this choice, guys? It it was supposed to be like this almost emo country thing, right? Am yeah. I remembering yeah. this correctly? It okay. was it was okay. like emo country slash adult contemporary slash alternative. Yeah, yeah. And the problem was people didn't get it <laughs> at all. And so, like, it failed purely because it was so high concept that people didn't get it. It was because it was supposed to be all of those things, but also kind of like a, a satirical take on on music. Right. And uh, it was intended to be this fun thing that is just a it has just become a black spot on Garth Brooks uh, long career. So. I, I I've mentioned before, I enjoy listening to music from other countries uh i found i fell down this youtube rabbit hole which i am want to do yes yes uh that means it's a day yeah so i i found this uh japanese metal band um i am going to try and pronounce the name but i'm probably butchering it and i apologize uh I believe it is pronounced Hanabie. Uh H A N A B 
IE. Um, here in America, we would just call that Hanabi and, and not, you know, think much of it. But, uh, I, I, I might be wrong, but the IE is odd for Japanese, isn't it? I believe it is, yes. So it is a group of uh, young ladies from Japan. And it is this uh, blend of, we'll call it J-pop influence. I don't want to say it's like super J-pop because that would that would overstate the amount of J-pop in it. But there's they do you know have a backing track and whatnot, which a lot of bands do now. Uh, that is, you know, uh, more of a a pop centric kind of beat and in digital things going on. And there are some portions of the song where one of the two young women who sing does evoke some J-pop styling, but then it is just some brutal fucking metal to go along with it. And then one of the girls who sings also has a slipknot quality guttural scream in her and it is just absolutely mind bending and i'm here for it i fucking love these kids i i say kids they're probably i don't know in their mid-20s by now but uh the music is interesting and intricate and i do not have any idea what they're singing about. I kind of get an idea based on the music videos, uh, but even the majority of their songs that are on YouTube, uh, the the only thing in the title that is in English is generally the band name and official music video. That's it. All right. According to the internet, it is Hanabia. Anabia, okay. Uh, with the final E having the the E sound from like bed. Okay. So Hanabia, bed, bed. So would that E sound is how it ends. Okay. Um, their music videos are high concept. You say high concept, I hear bad shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they have a song, I believe the title is something related to uh, We Want or We Love Chocolate. So take like a Willy Wonka esque Mad Hatter's dinner approach to presenting uh, junk food and and put them seated on around performing uh around this this mad hatter's willy wonka table of of food and then at one point one of the singers is wearing what looks like a a uh spirit halloween strawberry costume but being very serious 
I don't know if I would enjoy them as much as a purely audio uh, experience because the the videos do provide some context. Okay. But damn, is it enjoyable. Fair enough. I showed it to Kez, and at first she was like, Dad, I don't want to listen to J-pop. Because I picked a song that's, I picked a song that starts with a very J-pop centric intro, and then the drop comes, and Kesley's face just like melted. She was just shocked by what just happened. That tracks with yeah. what you would do, and how you would it do made, it. Yeah, it made me very happy. But yeah, now I, I, I have come to the realization that I really enjoy uh, my metal when it comes from the Asian continent. I feel like that's something we should explore in, a, uh, in, a, in the future. Okay. And it doesn't, just, just to be clear, it does not have to be from the Far East portion of the Asian continent because... India, Turkey, and Pakistan are also part of Asia, and goddamn, they've got some great metal bands too. That's weird. I thought you were at one point during that uh, going to say, and I and I know you weren't because I know you. Uh, uh-huh. But there was a point where it was like, is he going to say Orient? Nope. Because <laughs> it seemed like you were going that direction. It's like, no, he's not going to do that. He knows better. Yep, I know better. Uh, and in my brain, I've been trying to think of like, how do you talk about that portion without using that word? I, I, I see, I miss when, when, why is that a, uh, a no, no. When did that become a no? I guess, uh, I think it, it was, uh, it offensive, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's always, it's one of those things where it's always been offensive. We just didn't realize it. See, okay. Because we're kinda white like, Americans. like, uh, Kung Pao's bandana. Yes. 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 Okay. Or. That, that is absolutely accurate. Wait, wait, the, which, uh, only true listeners will understand that reference, but still. Yes. Or the, uh, E word used to describe indigenous peoples from colder climates in North America. Always been offensive. Oh, the, the Inuit, the, 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 the Inuit people in your, the Inuit, Inuit, there, there Inuit. are multiple but groups. Predom- that, predominantly the Inuit people. Yes. Yes. They didn't seem very into it. No, 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 they were not. No, God they, damn it. They were. You've, you've spoken twice this episode and they've been perfect zingers. God damn it. That, that was great. Okay. Uh, he makes it worth it. I, I, do we go for a, do we, do we go just keep going until we get a third from him or are we calling it? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how long we've been on air, but if we could get to the, the quarter mark that makes it easier. Uh, we are 90 plus minutes in. Okay. To like actual um, broadcast. There's okay. a there's that fifteen minutes beforehand of countdown, but 
Yeah. Yeah, we are um, we are over the ninety minutes. Okay. You know, I've just been a it's been a eventful episode. We've we've talked about a lot of things. It has. I talked more than I planned to because I didn't plan to talk at all. Yeah. Well, I plan to fire things up and then just sit here and shut the fuck up. Yeah. No, well, I think we hit a subject you uh yeah. you're willing to jump on board with. Yeah. Yeah. That was, hey. We- yeah. We can uh, we can briefly touch on the amazing storm that's going to be gripping greater than a third, but less than fifty percent of the nation for five minutes. Yeah, like every place that's not us. It was so weird. I was looking at the map, and we're like right in the sweet spot of not getting hit by it at all. Right. <laughs> Which never uh, fucking happens. Ever. That never fucking happens. There's a massive snowstorm and terrible things are going to happen. Ohio is the epicenter. No, like there is even parts of Ohio I saw on the one map that looked like like south uh, southwest Ohio looked like it was going to get hit a little bit with some yeah. of the ice, but it was like yeah. there there was this weird diagonal swath from like the northeast of the state to the south or northwest to southeast. Yep. Just this long corridor uh, at a diagonal, and we we're, we're like right in the middle, which is so bizarre. Yeah, because normally, you know, if, if we're not getting hitting hit by something from that, we're getting the remnants of the lake effect from the northeast portion. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's it's so weird. Yeah, it's kind of nice. I. I mean, all the staff in my company that works at, in my department at other locations are working from home the rest of the week, starting today. No. They, it is they funny, were told, like the whole line of ice is just straight above Ohio. Yeah. yeah. They were told, stay home, don't even bother. I, as the uh, the weather was, Karen was been watching it because you know events. Um, I was just thankful that uh, this uh, facility doesn't have uh, outdoor services. It's all inside. Outdoor services. Uh, mother-in-law. Oh, right. There's no, uh, it's, it's all in their facility because they're on the actual, uh, yards. Yeah. The grounds are part of their facility. Okay. When is that, sir? Um, it is Friday. uh, Okay. From one to two. And then two to whenever. Okay. Uh, well. Uh, don't, don't don't feel. <laughs> no, no. You need you need to um, come up. Speaking from experience, uh, if you need anything Friday night, let me know. Yeah, I don't know what we have planned. I know that you know. The day, the morning is going to be busy. So, oh yeah, yeah, day, 
day of during the day, you know, and then there's going to be this like incredible crash at the at the end of everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that what happens if you're allowed to have services? Yes. Okay. Because I I wasn't. Uh, right. Because because my mom insisted. I don't fucking care. She can listen to this and get pissed. Uh, like we went to the funeral home and she was insistent. No calling hours. No service. No graveside service. Literally fucking nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the closest thing to a service we had is when I went to, uh, and maybe I'm a little pissed about this. When I went, uh, to be the person who identified him that one last time for the funeral home. Uh, and when I went and got to have my delightful sort of counter experience to yours at the crematorium. Yeah. Cause yeah. whereas yours just find a kind of rocketed your dad into the oven yeah mine didn't like when i went didn't put him in at all it just started making the box smoke there was a failure to launch yeah the uh like it it didn't move at all like the oven opens up like the door opens up and the conveyor belt is supposed to start and it doesn't and he's just the box he's in is just fucking smoking and starting to lightly catch fire that's that's terrifying I thought it was the greatest and most hilarious thing ever, and no one else, uh, aside from Nicole, who could tolerate me at that point, uh, thought the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... What else I'm... you gonna do? Can you imagine the fire department getting called for putting out a body that they couldn't burn properly? It'd be so bad. Like, God, that would be awful. That would be both the best and the worst thing ever. Yeah. Uh, but just because the sense of humor is super dark. Did did uh, they give you a baggie? I, I meant to ask and never got a chance to ask. Not at that time. Uh, no. Well, I mean, when you picked things up, was there like the the these are the things that didn't Oh, uh, no, they did. Okay. They did weirdly have the urn in what was the equivalent of like a, uh, like a reusable shopping bag. Okay. Okay. Which That's I, weird. I know. Is I it, thought that was bizarre. Branded? It was, it was, Ooh. it was, it was, that was what made it weird. Uh, cause they're like, here you go. Yeah. And it's just yeah. this, it's, uh, I'm like, oh, Okay. I don't know that I'm going to take this to the grocery store because that's a weird level of advertising. Plus, you know, dad's ridden in here. So I don't, um, I guess I don't know how I feel about this. More that I think about it. Yeah. It was kind of a, a reusable shopping bag kind of setup. Yeah. Like it, okay. So yeah, like the, it was, I, I want to say it was like a, but for, uh, I, did you go through, uh, Wapner's? Yes. Locally. Yes, I have no problem saying that because, uh, like a generation and a half back, my family is Wapners, uh, or were Wapners on my dad's mom's side. Gotcha. Uh, that's why I, uh, the boy, the Wapner boy, who came in and played magic. Yeah. Yeah, he and I are like fourth cousins or something. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that was. 
I, I don't think he liked it when I pointed that out. Um, but Probably not. No. I mean, he was a good kid. But yeah, yeah. He, he, I think he thought that was just creepy. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I don't remember where I was going with that. Yeah, he, <laughs> uh, they, he, he works there now. Uh, that's not surprising at all. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I know those things tend to stay in the family, but I know that, you know, when he was, when he was coming into the shop, he adamantly wanted no part of that. Yes. He did not like that. That was the, the family name legacy. Yes. I remember. Yes. It's a necessity. And honestly, it's kind of like being a dentist. Does it sound fun? No. Somebody's gotta. Does it, does it support a family pretty comfortably? Yeah. 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 Uh, one of uh, the family members of the people who owned that shop, uh, sister sister of the spouse, um, when they passed, their kid ended up because of everything that happened at Wapner's with uh, with the the funeral, was so taken aback by how it was handled that they decided to go into mortuary science. Okay. One of my, one of Darby's roommates, that's what she's going to school for. Oh. Be a mortician. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, I don't even think like her family owns anything. I think she's just going into it. Yeah. Okay, uh, you you mentioned in that. So uh, Kaya has started college visits. Yeah. Yeah. How's that going for you? Uh, well, I mean, she's specifically looking for schools that had that actively engage in like autopsy level work. Okay. And not just observation of that sort of thing. Okay. Because not every school engages in, you know, cutting up bodies. Right. Uh, and there are some that uh, only, that, like, as part of the, the, the coursework or whatever, like, they'll go watch those things be done, but they're not actually doing them. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that's important to her because uh, she is still, at this point, committed to forensic pathology. So if you donate your body for science, will they be able to use it for student autopsies? Is that still considered science? I think so. Potentially. Okay. I imagine well, I know, you like, stipulate, like, like, I want this. Right. But you also can't just show up and be like, oh, I just donate my body to science. Like, you've got to arrange it ahead of time and usually pay to have your body donated. But like It's all sorts of weird. But yeah, so that that's stuff that she's looking for and... Uh, I don't know. It's not quite as creepy. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a, again, somebody has to do this. Yeah. I'd yeah. much rather it be someone who's, who's, it wasn't their third choice. <laughs> right. And, and that's the thing. Like this is, uh, this has been the thing that she has wanted to do for, I, we've talked about this not on air, but off and on for multiple years now, this has been the direction that she has, has leaned. And I've struggled yep. with I've struggled with understanding it, but 
she was just really big into Crossing Jordan and Body of Evidence and all that. Bones. All those all those shows. And Bones. Dexter. Bones, Dexter. yeah. Yeah. Uh and uh, well, and that's the thing. Like the the announcement early on was like, I want to work with dead bodies. And there are only a couple of couple of ways that goes. And it's like, okay, well let's make sure you're doing it legally. Well, well, are we talking theater or, or science? <laughs> what? And that, yeah. Uh, but the well, other, make your own. Yeah, the what? other thing, and this is this is absolutely batshit. So she goes to her first like on-site college visit last Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I took the day off so I could be home with the boy because uh, all three of them, uh, the kids didn't have school, of course, um, right. and. Uh, the middle one and the youngest one, uh, they don't get along. Not surprised. Like at all. Uh, but like, it's, it's real, it's real ugly. Uh, and it's fucking weird. Uh, but like, so that, that's a whole thing. So I had to take the day off so that I could be here with him. Uh, and then like, she comes home end of the day and like, she is, she's fucking serious about this of pursuing uh track what yes the running track i know isn't it a little like oh wait you're talking about the middle one no the oldest can you huh? just take up track for your senior year like what i like she's she's this has a girl uh some kind of element Somebody else is in track. No, no. Uh, mm. She, she's like this is she's she's looking at uh, like this is apparently a thing she's now adding in that she's looking at schools on. Like she is she she wants to go out for track. I think she may do it yet before the year is out of try and do something. But she doesn't currently do track. No. no. She wants Does she to do run college track. No. She didn't do shit. Okay. I don't know. Wait, is she pronouncing it wrong? Does she want to get into crack? No. Uh, no. Okay. No. She was. She was very adamant that it's it's track. Uh, She's not going to be running crack. No, she is not oh. going to be running crack. Okay. Okay. You may want to double check. Uh, I mean, I have. I'm fairly fairly confident in this. I've met the child. Uh, a runner is not I what I call her. Aware, uh, is I'm there some kind of field component that she's looking at? No, she's looking at running. What is she going to try and run? Uh, some. I would distance, imagine long distance. Some kind of a distance. I mean, she's built like a she's built like a a, a sub-Saharan African runner. Yeah, she's kind of a pale canyon capacity from actually exercising for the first uh, yeah i mean there's other stuff that uh, like there are elements there are are additional elements that may be a factor that i it's not my place to talk about okay at least not publicly sure, sure. okay Sorry, any, any, anything, any activity along those lines, uh, I would encourage you not to discourage because it's only going to improve uh, 
I never do. Her, her well being. I don't. I don't discourage any of the shit that the kids want to do. Uh, I mean, the girls were were in cross country. They were fucking horrible. I. But probably the best shape they were in in their life when oh, they were in that. Well, I get it when you're doing like track and cross country and stuff because you want to do other sports like the swimming and the whatnot, like to stay in shape. But like to just take it up randomly halfway your, through your high senior year, yeah. Uh, have you done any sports at all? No. I'd like a, yeah, I'd like I, a track and field scholarship. I mean, she okay. This year. Yeah. Okay. I, like, I, and that's the thing. Like, my thing has always been, and it's it's frustrating, I think, to the kids sometimes, that, like, if they say, hey, I want to do X, like, I've got T-shirts and a sign, and, like, I am fully supporting whatever the fuck they want to do. Uh, because... I grew up under the, you got to have a fallback plan. And I don't want my kids to have a fallback plan. I want them to follow their dreams. Yep. I don't want the fallback plan to even be a thing in their mind. They should not have a fallback plan because they're going to follow their dreams. That is the plan. That's what I want their plan to be because I don't want them to be stifled the way I feel like I was. Well, and also, like, your dreams can change, so do whatever you want. Whatever you think your dream is may not happen. It can no change, evolve, expand. Yep. Right. Maybe, right. maybe the, the big dream you have, of. you're only interested in just one little piece of it. And that's the thing. Uh, with them, if this is the thing that – if that's the thing that they do and that's the, the direction that they go where, you know – the dream today is not the dream, you know, six months from now. Fine. Six months from now, I am a fan of whatever the new dream is. And I am 100% on board. You got to be. Uh, because, and I have even told, I have even gone so far as to tell them, I don't want you to have a fallback plan. I want you to follow whatever your dream is. I am not going to tell my kids the shit that I got told. My kids, for some reason, hate money. They're going to school for social work and teaching. I don't know what they have against money. Yeah. Sorry. Earlier when you were talking, I just had a mental image of her going theater of the mind while shaking an actual brain at somebody. <laughs> I don't know why. Just thought it was hilarious. Uh, I mean, I I don't know that I would put that past her. I think I've talked about how excited, how creepily excited she's gotten in class about uh, some of the uh, dissections they've gotten to do. She 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 mentioned that when we yeah, came over. That uh, yeah, right. oh man, she about is, and dissecting the pig and, and I I guess know. the they're supposed like the next thing they're supposed to be cutting up is sheep's. Oh, okay, this is super fucked up. Like. She's getting permission from the teacher, but she's like bringing parts home. Well, uh, that's a little, that's a little much. But uh, like, is they, she making her own? Is she assembling her own in the garage? I, I mean, what I, is mean it's, I don't think it's going that far. But like, she's she's like trying to keep parts if they'll let her. But the next thing up, and she's mad about this. But the the next thing they're supposed to be doing is uh, sheep brains. Sheep feeds. Oh, brains. Sheep brains. And apparently the supplier may not get them to the school in time for that like particular set of coursework. Uh, and so she's mad that she may miss out on the opportunity to, to cut up yet another dead thing. Can she just honored it next year? No. Just on cheap day? I don't think so. So 
Yeah. Uh, so now we are well over the two hour mark and it's yeah. almost 10 o'clock. I, I think we're probably good now. Yeah, I think oh. so. I think All right. So. so yeah, we have been uh, two fools rushing in to uh, what an absolute mess of humanity we are. Uh, yeah. So I don't know, be excellent to each other. Try not to be dicks or whatever. Uh, yeah. I think that's about it. Yep. Life beats you down. Don't be a dick. God, that's not the uplifting message I want to end on. Anybody got anything else? Uh, any other positive? Geez, like, Jesus is the only way to heaven, and okay. Legos are the only way to happiness. Uh, all right. Uh, Chad, can you top that, please? <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> just remember, when someone tells you that your tattoos are going to send you to hell, so is their poly cotton blend shirt. Okay. Uh, True story. Dylan, do you have a zinger for us to end on? Life beats you down. Sometimes you just got to beat it off.